Welcome to episode 182 of the Sports Marketing Huddle, a podcast that looks at all things marketing in the world of sports. Alongside Brian Cristiano, I'm Rob Cressy. Today's topic, continuing struggle from sports retailers. But first, like we do every episode, we're going to give you a fact about me of the day so you can get to know a little bit more about us. Brian, what's your fact about me of the day? Um, so we're going to talk about a couple of retailers, one of which is running specialty group, which bought the former Jack rabbit, um, Jack rabbit sports running stores four four or five running, uh, shops here in New York city, specialty retailer. We were actually the original agency when it was still just a one owner shop when they were super, super small. When they first started advertising, we helped build that brand uh, before they were bought out by RSG. Unfortunately, the story doesn't end well for that company. But uh, that's a little tidbit from way, way back in the day, actually before I started Bold Worldwide. Wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah. My fact about me of the day, so I always, we always challenge people who haven't done a Facebook Live yet to do it. Well, I've taken my game to a new level. So one thing I do, uh, at least four days a week, I go to the gym and I don't leave until I've made 10 free throws in a row. And then from there, I see how many I can make. Well, I started to Facebook Live my free throw challenges. So that way, I've got some accountability where now, instead of it just being me, now people on Facebook can go watch me free, go watch me shoot free throws. Oh, I'm going to have just, to tune in. I'm going to have to tune in on that. Sounds like a ton of fun, except then you're like, damn, how many in a row do you just make? You don't really see someone making that many free throws in a row. And yeah, it's just for all my fans out there. <laughs> <laughs> love it. I love it. Who love my free throw challenge, which strangely people always talk to me about on Snapchat. They're like, I love your free throw challenge. I don't get it, but I keep doing it. Anyways, brings us back to today's topic, the continuing struggle in sports retail. And Brian, I'm going to let you uh, take this bad boy. Well, so some, there's been some new news, and obviously we all know that retail has been struggling in general, even some of the bigger uh, brands like Macy's, some of the more general stuff. But if we're talking specifically about sports retails, uh, sports retailers, Gander Mountain, which has over 160 stores, just filed for bankruptcy protection, Chapter 11, and they're actually closing 32 stores um, because, you know, it's part of the uh, restructuring and bankruptcy. So, you know, it, it's, it's unfortunate because, you know, big fan of a lot of these retailers and brands, and they've been around for so long, especially the specialty retailer side in sports. Um, but the reality is, is no one's immune from it. And to me, I think, unfortunately, I hate to say this, I think this is just the tip of the iceberg because here's the reality, Rob. We're in an up market, right? The stock market's at all-time highs. Capital, money's easy to get. Um, more people are shopping than ever before. But retail just doesn't get how to operate in 2017 and beyond. They're getting crushed by you know online e-commerce sales, like by Amazon. They're getting crushed by poor customer service. They're getting poor. Uh, you know they're getting crushed by high rents and the inability to figure out how to really create an experience um, to where people will go into the stores, where a lot of them are just relying on what they always used to just rely on, which was foot traffic, and that doesn't work that way anymore. Um, so Gander Mountain is is you know is the is the tip of the ice. I think. And the other one, which I mentioned I, I'm close to from the very, very early days, is, you know, running specialty group, which bought out Jackrabbit. They own 65 different um, running specialty retail stores in the US. They, they, you know, RSG, running specialty group, is owned by Finish Line. Um, 
they set up RSG to buy all of these different uh, running specialty spores across the U.S. So they own Boulder Running Company, Boston Running Company, Jackrabbit Sports, all, all these different various brands, 65 of them. They've been doing that over the last three years. They've never figured out how to make it work. They spent tens and hundreds of millions of dollars on figuring this out. And guess how much? They just finally uh, reached an agreement uh, last month or about a month ago to sell um, the actual, all of the different uh, 65 retail stores um, to an investment capital firm. Guess how much it sold for? How much? Zero dollars. Zero. No money. They actually got rid of, they just basically, is such a big loss for Finish Line and for RSG that they just gave away all the stores to Critical Point Capital, but not there. Not just that they sold it for zero dollars. They actually now owe Critical Point Capital $9 million before the end of September. So they couldn't even give away these stores for free. They had to pay a capital investment company $9 bucks to take it off their hands. Sounds very familiar to what the Houston Texans just did, trading Brock Osweiler and a second-round pick to the Cleveland Browns to take him off their hands. It's addition by subtraction. Yeah, in it's, that instance, it's it's the same kind of thought process, which is it's costing us more to keep holding on to this than it would be to just pay somebody else to have have the problem. Right, exactly. So, Brian, when when thinking about this, I was like. How do I feel about sports retailers in general? Is it completely dead to me? And the answer is no. And there's two brands that I have an affinity to, Lululemon and Jordan brand. And when I think about why I like both of those brands and enjoy going into there, you nailed it at the very beginning, how to create an experience. We talked about why Sports Authority failed and they – they majorly fail at creating the experience. And when you go, when I go to Lululemon, you're like, man, it's it's clean. The people are nice. It has this vibe. It's healthy. It exudes the things that I see in myself. And then the quality that they deliver. Uh, both of those, both Jordan Brand and Lululemon, are unique in the fact that price doesn't matter when I'm shopping at both of those things, which is not easy to say because if you look at Uh, Gander Mountain, if I'm going to try and go there and buy a North Face jacket, well, I'm going to also go and see what REI is doing for that. So it certainly is a price sensitivity there. And I've never had a brand loyalty to an outdoor sports retailer like that. And it's because I don't know if they've given me the community feel that Jordan Brand and Lululemon do because Lululemon, they hold uh, yoga classes in their stores and I don't do it, but Mrs. Bacon does. And you go to Jordan brand, literally I was taking pictures of outside of Jordan brand before I even got in there. I'm like, all right guys, I'm about to go into Jordan brand. I'm about to lose my shit. And then all along the way I'm taking Snapchats and videos. I'm taking pictures with myself in shoes. It's like, it's an experience. And you're like, well, how does any brand do that? Well, you figure out a way to make it happen, and you do that one day at a time by building a community of like-minded people where I would love to see how often does Gander Mountain or someone like that, do they have community white water rafting trips, or are there things that make it more than just a certain experience? 
Yeah, I mean, that's at the end of the day, it's about the experience. If you're a retailer, the reality is I can buy everything that every retailer sells online and I can probably buy 80% of it just directly on amazon.com and I can have it dropped off at my office or I can have it dropped off at my, um, you know, my house in less than two days. So the reality is if you want me to come in your store, I need more than just the ability to buy product. And I think that that's where a lot of the specialty retailers and the bigger retailers have flopped, where it's just a place to go buy stuff. And that worked for years and years. But now when I can buy stuff instantaneously and it's here tomorrow and I can return it basically for free, why on earth am I going to take time out of my day to go to a place where I'm not only going to get no experience, but I'm just able to buy stuff. And the reality is I'm probably going to pay more for it There is no incentive to go there. You look at Dick's Sporting Goods. I mean, I think that they still have a lot of room for improvement. But if you look at Dick's in comparison to obviously a sports authority, Dick's knocked it out of the water in comparison where there's a decent experience there. I I, I know that they're working on continuously trying to improve that experience. And they're, you know, working with different brands like Nike and some of the golf brands to where you can go in and you can have an experience. They have more knowledgeable, you know, people on the floor than in comparison to, you know, obviously like a sports authority. And, And And that is the benefit. I think it's going to take more than just that over the long haul, the next five or 10 years to stick around. Um, but the either the specialty stores or even the bigger retailers, like even look at a Macy's, where the only value I get is that I can go and buy it today and try something on or touch it and feel it and see it. If that's the only benefit, you're done. I got to have something more. And unfortunately, when we talk about you know running specialty group and, and finish line, you know, a lot of, because they bought up so many specialty stores, some of these specialty stores really did have some good connection with the local community and they did have a lot of that going on. But the reality is when you try to take that, corporatize it and turn it into a machine, you just become like everyone else. And I think that's what we saw with RSG is they just had a failing business model and they just picked the absolute wrong time to make an investment in brick and mortar retail. So brands need to give me a reason to care about more than just price. So when looking at RSG, uh, I'm not going to say that I'm brand loyal to Fleet Feet in Chicago, but it's a running store down the street from me. But what they have is a running community. Probably every day of the week, there's running groups there. And when I go to do my races, I pick up the race packets from there. And because of each of these different things, and they're dog friendly, by the way, which for me as as a dog owner uh, is a very big thing because you understand who your audience is. And when you start adding up the different reasons for why you want to support a brand, it's not just, I can get a running shoe a variety of other places, but I'm also going to get someone who's going to tell me, when did this shoe come out? Uh, how is this going to help me? What am I looking to do? And giving me that little extra edge. I want to support that because I'm following them on social. They're giving me stuff of value. And I don't know if these brands were doing that. Cause as you mentioned, as this becomes more corporatized and is less of a mom and pop sh- uh, store, that's what you lose. Oh, absolutely. It's all about the community, especially when talking about endurance sports. But then the other benefit is, you know, what else do I get there? Because like, that's cool. But there's so many other community groups, right? Like if you look at like a like a underground stuff like November Project, which is now everywhere. I don't know if anybody knows what it is. But it, it, and pretty much every 
major city. You can go, wake up at the crack of dawn, you go and work out with a bunch of people. It's just a community. There's no cost. So, um, you know, where there's more and more of that happening, it makes it harder for that to just be the thing because you've got a running group or something. So what? There's a million running groups. What's the special thing? What do I get? What do I learn? What do I get from a product standpoint or an experience standpoint that I'm not going to get anywhere else? And most of the retailers are still struggling to figure that out. And in the long run, that's the number one because, again, the reality is if the only thing I can get is the fact that I can walk in and buy something today and feel it, that's not enough to get most people in your stores. So, Ryan, time for the takeaway for this. And for me, the number one thing is building a community around what you're doing one day, one post, one piece of content, one relationship at a time because we're to a point now where there are so many different options for where we can buy virtually anything. Crap, it can go down to attention. There's a million things that can take my attention right now. So what is going to get me to care about your brand more than anything else? And it's very simple. It's is they uh, someone once told me it was like eating your own dog food. Just think about if you're going to be marketed to. It's simple. Do that for your consumers. Go above and beyond. Build that community. And guess what? It's going to take time. It's a long-term process. And for me, it's more of a philosophy of the way that you do things than a short-term fix because communities are not built overnight. Absolutely. It's about a brand, right? Like you don't buy Nikes because you saw a coupon in a newspaper. You buy Nikes because they're Nikes and you've known about them since you were a kid and you have some level of affinity towards them, right? So brand building is massive. But at the same time, I think the biggest thing and, and I think the biggest challenge for brands that are, you know, have been around for a long time, ones that are starting up is you need to have a genuine profit model. You need to understand like how a business actually grows and how it's going to work today and five years from today and be adapting to where the marketplace is going because there's plenty still, you know, startup retail stuff happening, especially, you know, mom and pop type stuff. And it's like, man, you really need to take a look at it and go, am I really bringing something new into this marketplace or am I just doing what worked 10 or 15 years ago? Maybe I need to take a consider, you know, take some consideration and think about, what am I doing? How can I add value or have a point of genuine differentiation in the marketplace? I think that's the biggest thing, genuine differentiation in the marketplace, not just another logo in a store. All right, guys, time for today's action item. And I want you guys to send us more topics. What do you want to hear us talk about? Are there certain people or brands that you want us to connect and have on the podcast? Because we say this all the time. We want this to be something that you guys are a part of, that you enjoy, that you get value out of. We really appreciate all the positive feedback that you guys give, but go next level. Send us a topic and guess what? We'll talk about it. <laughs> 